You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's the Cooligan, stupid. Welcome to the Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. I am here with a special guest co-host because Alexis is away at the moment. He is currently, uh, you know, shaping up plans to uh, to go to go to Turkey. We just, our producer just did the the. This is the universal symbol for a person who is about to uh, get some hair transplants. Uh, but no, Alexis is going to Istanbul for the Champions League final. Uh, we'll get word from him uh, throughout the week while while he's out there and see. Uh, you know, how his hairline is coming along, obviously. But we have a special guest co-host uh, today. I'm excited to join, to have us, uh, to have me join, to have him join. Us. Use your words, use your words, Christian. <laughs> I don't, look, you're the writer, not me, yeah, bro. Yeah. Uh, but uh, from The Athletic, uh, he was, uh, over the weekend, he was in North Carolina, in Cary, North Carolina, uh, watching uh, the TST, uh, the soccer tournament, the, with the million dollar prize that was on the line, it was an incredible uh, uh, weekend. He was out there covering every uh, everything. Uh, so we'll get uh, you know some recaps on how that went. But please welcome Pablo Maurer of the Athletic. Pablo, what's up, man? Not much. Just recovering from a grade four sunburn. Um, <laughs> I've got that like youth post youth soccer tournament glow. You know, used to get when you were right, a kid, right. where you just bake out there without sunscreen for four yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, that that post uh, you know youth soccer glow. That's like you know you spent a lot of time calming your parents down to stop yelling at the referees. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, there's a lot of that. We may have, may have had a different childhood experience. I don't know. <laughs> but no, man. You, 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 so speaking of your sunburn, this was one of the first uh, things I thought when when I heard about. TST. It was obviously a really we we've seen the the basketball tournament, and this is obviously related to uh, uh, to that. But the the fact that it was uh, played in North Carolina in June, yes, it's a, it's not. And then some of these games were like you know peak sun t- times when it's like at two three p.m. I've played games in like 85, 90 degree weather. Uh it's it's pretty challenging. What was just the you know, even for the fans, it's it's, it's very, very hot. How was just the, the general feeling, especially during those day games? I mean, it was – luckily it wasn't like in the 90s, you know. But it, and, and the tournament organizers very smartly took a break between like – I want to say there were no games between like 3.30 or 4 and 7. So that was, I think, obviously calculated. Right, yeah. um, not a lot of shade at that facility, especially not on the four fields that were – completely and totally unshaded, you know, but uh, it went off well, man. I mean, it was nice. It was uh, it was like the 70s and cloudy yesterday, which which was a nice change of pace. But, you know, this, this body's not built for heat. So, <laughs> so. All right. Uh, so uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the tournament uh, itself. If anyone's not aware, TST, a seven v seven tournament where it was a million dollars on on the line, and it was interesting because I, I mean, you know, obviously us being in the the soccer bubble, you know, I mean, we we can't go a day without thinking or talking about this sport. But there were there were a lot of people uh, I saw online that were like, ah, I didn't even know this was happening. Uh, but it was I was very much uh, waiting for it. But the 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 sort of general the you know you you were tweeting a lot about it about how uh, awesome uh, it was. Can you go into any more detail? What made it so damn cool? Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like they 
the concept, first of all, I mean, they like to say they sort of, I mean, 7v7 exists in other parts of the world. You have like Hong Kong 7s, which is a little bit different, but this is really pretty much a brand new sport. I mean, it's played for the uninitiated here. It's played on a condensed field. I want to say it's 60 by 40, um, 60 long, 40 wide. So Yankee Stadium Museum? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> right, exactly. City Field, Yankee Stadium dimensions. Um, the, the goals are a little smaller. They're shorter, like they're squatter, and they're a little bit narrower. Um, and there's all kinds of oddball rules. I mean, it's seven aside, um, but you know the, the strangest one and the one that came off to, to greatest effect was they play two 20-minute halves. At the end of the game, no matter what the score is, it becomes next goal. It becomes, you know, like the the, the target score is one goal uh, additional to what the leading team has. So if the game ends 4-1, um, it, becomes, it becomes a game to five. And, you know, it's like you think, well, you know, so basically the team that's down 4-1 could score four goals in a row and win the game. Right. And you, you wouldn't think it happened very much, but, I mean, it happened, like, repeatedly it happened this weekend. <laughs> Three, four times there were, there were teams that blew three goal leads and what's called target score time. The other wrinkle about that is every five minutes of target score time, they pull a player off the field from each team. And again, you'd think it's like, oh, it's never going to get below like 6v6 or 5v5. Dude, one of the games went two on two, right? <laughs> which is which is ridiculous. And, and I actually witnessed the tournament organizers had not thought about what they would do if it got to 1v1. The problem with goalie, goalie or something is you can't <laughs> kick or throw the ball into yourself, right? So it would have just like entered into some endless feedback loop <laughs> where the game was. So basically, they decided on the fly was uh, if it if it goes two v two, it stays two v two, and if one team gets a red card, it it would go three v two. They would add a player, so as you said. Ah, yeah, it was it was dope, man. I was I was extremely entertained for multiple days in a row. And yeah, so and, and it's obviously different watching it on television versus being uh, on the ground there because even uh, while I was watching, the the mics picked up. There were a couple. There was some trash talk. There was a couple of things I heard. Uh, you know that you you don't necessarily uh, you expect to hear it in uh, in a Sunday league game. Yep. Uh, and but you know there's there's usually not a million dollars on the line uh, when when my my local beer league has some games going on. Yeah. But this was uh, th- this, this this captured something, and and I saw that you uh, there were a couple of things. You 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 got the game winning ball. Hold on a second. Oh, oh, let's see it. <laughs> you got it. You got it right here. All right. The game winning ball, the TST ball. Yeah. Uh, for, what is it? Amitre? Yeah, it's, 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 Ultim- it's Ultimax. It's a nice ball. It's a $138 ball. Okay. And they, were, so they did a deal with Mitre where they, um, or like Mitre, as us white people say, where they <laughs> like uh, got, I think, 300 of these from them, uh, you know, sponsorship thing. And then on the last day, they were just chucking these into the fucking stands. Excuse <laughs> me. It was oh, like, man. you know, I clearly you're not going to reuse them. Um, but I was just like, this is like a good, bo- you know what I mean? Like, this would never happen in an MLS game. They'd be chucking out the replicas, you know, but right, this right. is the real deal. I got one for myself, too. More importantly, yeah. yesterday, um, after everybody left, we uh, Felipe and I wandered over to the sort of accommodations for athletes, which I would describe as like a, like marginally nicer fire festival. Um, okay. And there was just ja stuff, there, strewn, so stuff cool. strewn everywhere. Like teams just left stuff there, right? I mean, like 
like this right here is a is a Stephen Lenhart Sneaky Fox FC jersey. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't just get one. I got I got the home and the away kit here. <laughs> uh, Stephen <laughs> or Mike McGee, if you guys want your gear back, <laughs> Venmo me. Um, so yeah, I we got. Uh, some classics. I mean, they're obviously legendary uh, 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 players in, in Major League Soccer. I saw, obviously, Jimmy Conrad has, uh, you know, Conrad and Beasley United, who, and they ended up losing to Sticky yeah. Fox. It was just, uh, that was one of the, the, the big games of, uh, you know, of, of uh, you know, players who've both been on our show. Mike McGee, who is, who is the owner of Sneaky Fox Vodka, right? Is that what yeah. it is? Vodka? Mm-hmm. And, and, and obviously Jimmy Conrad, who's a friend. So it was a very difficult uh, matchup for me because you know obviously care about both of them deeply and you don't you don't know it's like rooting for your 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 kids who are playing against each other okay yeah I mean it was it, well there were my ring light so it was <laughs> I look I look marginally more sunburned now so there was uh, there was a lot of like there obviously there was a ton of dudes there was you know Dempsey had a team uh, Donovan was supposed to show up but didn't um, Sneaky Fox obviously had a team they had a whole I mean, they had a bunch of dudes who didn't play because they got injured, like Demerit and Alan Gordon. But they had guys like Len Hart, you know, D. Rowe was on Jimmy's team. Um, Jermaine Jones D-Row was on his team. Balling, was, bro. Bro, yeah. D. Rowe yeah, was class, great. It's class, you know. It, it's, <laughs> like, that, that never goes away. You know what I mean? Like, Felipe and I saw him. Felipe uh, Cardenas, uh, uh, my colleague who covered it with me, saw D. Rowe on the first day after the training session just barefoot shirtless just walks up to a ball in the field as he's leaving it and just just hammers like a 20 yard shot upper 90 into this tiny goal with no shoes on like it's nothing you know <laughs> so yeah man it was it was really good um we were also like the only writers there uh, Kyle Bonagora great dude was there from ESPN but wasn't covered very thoroughly this year I you know suspect that might change going forward but who knows? Yeah, and then the 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 winning team uh, was a Newtown Pride or mm-hmm. something. Newtown uh, ended up winning uh, in in a spectacular fashion. But I wonder, did he, I don't know if you if you spoke to anybody from the team, yeah, or anything? Because I saw they put out a, a long Twitter thread, and obviously uh, Newtown was the obviously the town that uh, suffered the the, the Sandy Hook uh, shooting, and and yeah. they they really did uh, highlight like you know that that changed a lot of their their lives, uh, just uh, experiencing that in their community. Uh, but I don't know if you spoke to anybody uh, uh, just on, on what it sort of meant for them to win that tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I didn't touch a ton on the Sandy Hook stuff. I know it's funny because you know, a lot of these teams, I mean, they're from Newtown, but, I mean, two-thirds of the team are, are like ringers, right? They'd be like guys um, from the Major Arena Soccer League or futsal guys from Brazil. And they, I mean, every team was like this. They obviously have a few local dudes, but – you know, they want to, like, um, stack it with talent. But, I mean, to me, the more – the crazier takeaway was, like, you know, I think their, their winning share – We Felipe and I wrote it in a story the other day. going to end up being, like, 20 days a player, which, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody um, yesterday, and, and they said something like, man, that's, like, that's crazy because you think a million dollars, but, like, that's not, like, life-changing money. And I was like, dude – 20 G's you like pay a lot of people like pay off all their debt with that or like this MSL player who might make that in a year you know what I mean like it's crazy money um I do think one of the guys though who we talked to uh Felipe was like you know what are, what are you gonna do with the money and the guy just went and went straight to Miami that's what said <laughs> so I think some players maybe it was like life-changing and how many yeah 
you know, Some, yeah, women of the mean, night they were going to get that weekend or something. I don't know. You exactly. Know. Yeah. They're like, you know, Vegas exists. So yeah, yeah exactly. Just go ahead and <laughs> have the greatest weekend of, you know, of my entire the, life. The right. other um, thing that was uh, obviously, I think, marred the competition a little bit, especially on the on the first day was uh, I, and I don't remember the initial team, but I know it was targeted to there was a racial some sort of racial abuse targeted at a West Ham United. Dallas uh, United was the, the other team. Um, OK. Club team uh, from Dallas. Yeah. Right. And the uh, and yeah, I obviously was I think it was handled uh, well and swiftly where they, the the yep. team was uh, removed from the competition. Um, but it, it definitely was not the way they clearly wanted to start uh, off this tournament. I mean, dude, like we know this this issue is inescapable, right? But I mean, when I say that, it didn't even cross my mind that this could happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, Yeah, and so like I was standing there with Felipe, or we were just sitting in the stands at some point, and you know, play stopped. They just stopped for like 10, 15 minutes. And it dawned on me because you know last time that happened, we're just like, what's going on? You know, teams are talking to the ref, and it dawned on me. You know, I was I was covering the DC United game where Taxi Funtas, you know, was was alleged to have said something to an Inter Miami player, and it was the same thing. Where after eight or nine minutes of coaches talking to each other, you're like, oh my god, I understand what's happening here. And I had that thought for like half a second, but I was just like, no, come on, like at <laughs> at TST on the first day of TST, we can't make it one. We can't make it one day at a fake ass tournament without a race riot or something like that. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, um, but no, I mean, props, props to the, the the organizers, man. You heard, you know, Anton Ferdinand West Ham the next day was just like they, you know, they could not have responded to this better. They nipped it in the bud. You know, they sent the, you know, I, I think he actually said something like some of the major leagues in Europe could sort of like take some lessons from how this was handled here. Obviously, totally different set up but um you know i was relieved even as a journalist that that it was it was dealt with that way so that that i could report that and that we could you know move on with the tournament in some way and sort of focus on it as a whole without that being the central storyline you know it's like yeah, yeah. the reason it didn't end up being the central storyline is, isn't isn't because it was forgotten or something it's because the punishment was immediate and severe and that's that you know what i mean like, right yeah it worked. You, you're out of the tournament you know right like, and you would think Spain would do the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Why not? Why not? Start docking points. You know, start yeah, well, whatever. We're talk, I mean, we, like, we, we talk about it more because of how poorly it, it, it's handled. And maybe I, I haven't spoken to you about this. And obviously, uh, obviously, you are uh, you know of of Spanish descendants. And I don't you know I don't know how much uh, day in day out you're watching uh, La Liga. But obviously, yeah. this is such a huge story w- w- with everything going on with Vinicius. And I, uh, before I even ask the the, the very generic question about like what should they do about this or whatever because it's like obvious but um why do you think of i don't know if you've seen this online uh i it's popping up on my tiktok a lot Mm -hmm. where uh uh, black people from spain or or you know non-white people from spain uh do this sort of trend because the i think the one of the um was it the president where he was like, you know, uh, España no es racista, right? Yeah, is, yeah. Spain is not racist and because and blah, blah, blah. And they do the same thing. They start every sentence with uh, Spain is not racist, but, um, yeah. you know, I get profiled whenever I walk into a store. Spain is not racist, but, you know, and I mean, then they Christian, just list- I'm going to tell you something. Like, I lived there for two years when I was 14 and 15. And my family there, a year and a half or so, my family there, um, I really fortunately for me, they got me a socio card to Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid, both teams. So it's like a season pass, right? You're like a member of the club. 
So I went, I went to like dozens of games there in the mid nineties. And my dad, uh, I talked to my dad about the Vinicius stuff. Um, he, he, you know, he called, it's one of those things where my parents aren't huge soccer fans, but like, you know, when you get the phone call where like soccer occasionally breaks into the public consciousness, like I read this article, you know, like <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's like something nice. And sometimes it's like, they, you know, they're like hanging this person in effigy or whatever. Like, yes. <laughs> right. This is ridiculous. You know, but he said, you know, he said, uh, reminded me, he said, I remember when you were 14, you called me from Spain and, um, and you told me that they were, that all the fans that you know, that made monkey noises. I mean, like I, I was at, uh, the Santiago Bernabéu, like Real Madrid's at the time massive, hundred and ten thousand seat stadium, no seats in the lower bowl, I and mean, it was it was crazy. And I remember at fourteen, and I moved there from Nashville, Tennessee, which really, if I'm being honest, at the time wasn't the most diverse place. And I'm looking around the stadium, and I just genuinely remember seeing like a hundred and nine thousand and nine hundred ninety nine white faces, and being like, "This is wild." I've never, you know, so like that element exists, has existed forever in Spain. Spain is a, to this day, you know, it's I, close to my heart, obviously. My family's from, I go back, but it's a low key. It's a, it can be a very xenophobic place, man. They have all the you know, dynamics with uh, immigrants from Africa and stuff like that. It's, it's been going on for decades, dude. Like this is nothing new, you know, I was not surprised by any of this. And like, Liga has been terrible about this for years. Yeah. You know, and it's other like, leagues even... try at least. Like they haven't really tried you know yeah, so yeah. there's just a, i think my producer just said something about this they're doing like a say no to racism game or charity game and it's just like that'll bro. work, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. we can like, move on to the next topic then because racism is over right you know like <laughs> thank you them Again. and uh you know kendall jenner or whatever whoever else right. you want to handle it, wants to here wrap it you up know, right david getta you know Dennis Partanda, yeah, obviously uh, the iconic hero <laughs> The freedom fighters themselves, uh, the civil, those civil rights leaders. The holy uh, charity, Kendall Jenner, <laughs> David Guetta, and whoever plays in that charity match. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's surreal, man, and it, it's a thing where uh, – it, it, so that's why the, 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 the incident at TST, um, the fact that it could have really made this tournament very ugly if, if, this, if, if it was handled in any other way, it, it's, it's just like why can't these leagues – do something similar or well, bro, do something. I, I don't think the organizers even knew this, but you know, the West, uh, Anton Ferdinand, he, in his remarks the other day, which were kind of incredible, which again, we, it's our, we've already reported this. Like he said that almost every other team in the tournament was like, if you leave, we'll leave with you. Like if you feel like this wasn't dealt with right. properly. So there was, I think there was a lot of like ally ship from people that also is a huge thing. I mean, like, they, you know, I, I don't really know that that exists in MLS or in La Liga or wherever. I mean, I, I think most people just want to like, if we're not involved in this, we're staying away from it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah. whatever. Again, I mean, it's, I, we can't really compare what La Liga does to what TST does, but but at the same time, why not? I mean, I, I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, but but even just handling just the handling of the of, of the situation, it's just it's. I don't, for whatever reason, it's like comforting that like they, it was taken seriously. Yeah. There was there was a you know a, a, a gathering of support to 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 do what to do what's right. So we all the the whole point is like we know what the right thing is to do. We all know, and it's just a matter of who's courageous enough to make those uh, to make those decisions. So well, like like a, a small aside about it too. I mean like the other thing that that made it really work. 
you know, the way they handled it was um, they were, you know, the, the organizers at TST were open with the media about it on the ground, what was happening. They got, they got me, you know, a few other people, a decision within a couple hours. They said, we'll get you West Ham players. We'll, you know, whatever you need. And I mean, that's sort of, that doesn't exist in, in MLS or in other places right. either, you know? So again, it's like those, those things, you know, contribute to this just being something where most fans on Twitter are like, oh, okay, see you later. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No one was really talking about it. Uh, it happened Friday. No one was really talking about it on Saturday. Cause yeah, it was it's because all... fans don't expect racism not to exist. They expect it to be dealt with swiftly and, and like, people to really effort to eradicate it from the game. And, like, that's what happened here. You know, so. Well put. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, so okay. I want I want to move on uh, to a couple other things because. Um, What's the next extremely light topic we're going to talk about? <laughs> so, you know, so you want to do more policy next? Or? Super chill. Um, uh, <laughs> speaking of course, light. Uh, no, I'll <laughs> do that in a second. <laughs> but um, <Nice> enough. <laughs> Phil uh, Phil Neville. Mm. Um, uh, he was let go by uh, Inter Miami, and and the reason I want to talk about this in particular, and I'm glad you're here, is because you have a little bit of a, of a history, a background with uh, with <laughs> Phil Neville. Uh, we can go into a little bit, but uh, I just want to talk about his uh, firing, his sacking, as, as they say, for for our European listeners. Um, <laughs> the Phil Neville was there was there about two and a half years. Uh, I think a lot of people thought his hiring was a uh, a little. Nepo, ne- little nepotism kind of thing, but but it is what it is. Um, hired he- hired by his best friend, and his son <laughs> was signed by the same team. You think there <laughs> so, might be something going on there? <laughs> but it is what it is. But then you know, to, I, you know, I don't think it was uh, ne- Phil Neville's fault. But then obviously the the issues with um, uh, Blaze Matuidi uh, and and getting uh, you know. The, Breaking the financial rules in Major League Soccer uh, led to Inter Miami dealing with a, a, a penalty where they weren't able to transfer uh, players that they wanted. They had to they had to trade away or sell players that they probably would have wanted to keep. Um, so he was in a tough position, even though he got he got them to the playoffs uh, last year. But this time around, it feels like the the, the the expectations are a little bit higher for Inter Miami. So how, how do you what do you think about his tenure? So you know why he was at Inter Miami. Yeah, I mean, uh, both things can be true here. What you just said is absolutely true. He was handed a pretty difficult deck of cards to play with. Um, I, I mean, I hate to promote my my uh, colleague's work, but Jeff Jeff Reuter did a great uh, kind of data dive on Neville's. I hate Miami to promote tenure. his work too, man. No, he was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, his his tenure there was like an unqualified failure. I mean, like he just like he he like what he you know he's given like this deck of cards and underperformed even. Considering that, you know, um, I think, I think the fans, I mean, I, I'm not a Miami fan. I, I, I don't cover that market, but I, I could, you can kind of tell that, I mean, like his, uh, he, you know, his, his public remarks, he always felt very much, uh, full of excuses or, uh, extremely positive and fans don't, they don't F with that, whatever you want to say. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they'd yeah. much rather you just be like, we're terrible and we're doing, we're, you know, <laughs> Um, and then you have the, the other thing is you have the whole specter of like Lionel Messi hovering over this whole thing where it's like they're they're terrible, but they they might theoretically get Messi for the second half of the year or next year, and then would he even play for Phil Neville? And you know, it was just like you know, you asked that you, you said I have some history with them. I'll tell a story real quick because it like to me, um, I 
I, Felipe and I did a one hour long kind of sit down with him before the year. And I found him to be so engaging and like refreshingly honest. And he, he like ethered MLS for the playoff restructuring. He ethered them for the, you know, for sort of like, I think when he said, you know, he referred to Apple and MLS's relationship as the tail wagging the dog because of that. You know, said, so, you know, Apple mm-hmm. obviously wants more inventory. So they, that's why there's more playoff games. That's why more teams make it. Um, all this stuff, a fantastic interview, right? And, um, you know, my understanding is that, that Jorge Moss at the club, one of the Moss brothers, one of the owners, got pretty upset at some of the stuff Phil said, specifically about Apple. Obviously, it was like right around the launch of the deal. And this is like MLS's cash cow and their new thing. So um, it became it became became a huge thing where you know within a day or something like that the team had like disinvited Felipe and I to their media game and like banned Felipe from a training session. I mean it was just like <laughs> it was preposterous. Uh, like I don't even know how to. Like, what else can I even say about that? You know, I mean I was like. <laughs> I, there was certainly part of me that was like, hey, you know, like we, we got sent down here to do this Miami coverage and we, you know, logistically we need access. But there was also part of me that was just like, this is just hilarious, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> like don't, first of you all, we're going to play in the media, like, media game? Like, you can barely even walk, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so that was my, I mean, that's my lasting, my lasting memory of Phil Neville. But um, I don't suspect he had much to do with that. I think he just oh, so like to, to personally make sure that you weren't. I don't think that was game. his call. I just think he spoke <laughs> his mind and gave refreshingly honest answers that I wish more MLS head coaches would do, but they're scared of stuff like this. Yeah. Um, and that was that. I mean, but I, I wish him the best. I got no, it's, I'm not Franco. He didn't yell at me. You know I, mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to get to Franco Paniso, yeah. uh, who was who asked him the. I don't know if people saw this recently, but Phil Neville in his was that his la- that was in his last interview. I think it was two. It was like two. Well, the one two. The, his next to last post game press conference. Yeah, called. where he um he obviously uh was upset that he uh, Franco asked a question and I guess he slightly interrupted or got in the way of the answer or was clarifying his question. I don't remember exactly, but. Phil Neville lost it and said that, you know, show some effing respect and let me finish my, you know, let me finish my answer. Then after he finishes the whole diatribe yelling at this young man, he goes, what was your question again? Yeah, I, believe, I believe it was, uh, it was, are you going to let me answer your question? And then he was like, yeah, uh, what was the question? I mean, there was, you know, some big account, Twitter account in the UK, you know, it's sports well, it's Bible and, and, or something. They just tweeted out and said, just, just please stay tuned. Like, I promise the Phil Neville kicker is worth it here. <laughs> you know, it was. It was an all-time great MLS press conference moment. It's you know, a great like, moment. And yeah, when it when it makes it, when it when it goes viral in Europe, that's, yeah. that's how you know. You're on Mourinho-level press conference, yeah. you know, kind of virality uh, and stuff like that. And we need more of that, in my opinion. So that's why, yeah. that's, but, I, that's why I'm sad to see him go out of MLS. I mean, if I'm real, but my biggest thing with Miami is, uh, you know, they're, they're atrocious on the field that like their roster needs to be blown up. But my, my bigger thing is like, I'm actually not worried about what they'll do if Messi comes because they will literally build, they'll, they'll hire a coach who Messi's dad probably will recommend. They will right. build an entire roster. I'm serious, by the way, they'll build an entire roster around him. So they'll be, they'll be fine. Right. Like my bigger question for them is if he doesn't come, I mean, like, they have put so many eggs in this basket, dude, that like, and there is, I, I just want to say this, like, 
There is, uh, I, I want Messi here. I do, I, I'm selfishly, professionally, it's good for business. It's good for content. It's yeah. good for us just watching the game. Um, there's this other huge part of me that just loves schadenfreude and wants everyone to fail at everything. And that part is a, a very strong part of me that wants us to fail. And I just want him to take the bag into the Middle East to be like, <laughs> ah, you, you fucked it up, Miami. But like... <laughs> But at the end of the day, I hope he comes, right? But my, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm just like, man, it's not like they can they can't turn around and like sign Mbappe or somebody. It's just like, right, right. No, there is no replacement. You know, it's like I don't know what they're gonna do. You know, like it, from, a, it, from a PR perspective. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, uh, you know, we we have our insider here at, at Metal Arc Media, obviously Michael yeah. Ryan Ruiz. I don't know if you've seen some of his tweets and his. His his feud, I guess, with Fabrizio Romano. Well, I describe it as a blood feud or a death <laughs> feud. Just quite a big, big day for confirming my stories. Did you see that one the other day? Yeah, it's a great. Uh, you know, it, it's it's nice to have a resource like that uh, <laughs> on our end. Um, but is there anything from? Uh, you know, we, we spoke to him at Nautism uh, about it. But I mean, you, anything- he's a direct line to Miami ownership. You should find out why we got banned. Who did that? Who made that call? <laughs> That's a good I will do my investigative reporting and find out uh, for uh, for you. Uh, From the athletics end, is there anything that that we may not, uh, you know, any detail? Is it simply, uh, you know, it's on Messi. Obviously, we've heard that the offer is is there for him, whether he wants to take it or not. But what is the, I don't know, I guess strong incentive for him to come to uh, Major League Soccer? Like, does he care about, about changing sort of the face of American soccer and really uh, doing that? Or does he, does he want to just, like, go back to Barcelona, get some, uh, you know, pats on the back and just end his career? Yeah, I mean, that's the – I have several different thoughts on this. Felipe and I spent some time sort of, like, just talking about this at the bar, basically. I mean, like, there's no, you know – there's no real financial – I mean, you, you could say something like, you know, yeah, Miami – you know, I think it was reported the other day, and Lord knows what's true, but that, you know, it would be like you'd get like Adidas money and an ownership stake, which that, that much the ownership share thing is definitely true. But like, you know, little things like that, and, you know, I, I heard at some point that Miami might – they might cut them in on the real estate around the stadium. I mean, they're getting – the league in Miami, they're getting creative like that, right? But, I mean, they're just not going to compete with the Middle East. I mean, like, all halal – I mean, they could just offer him – three quarters of a billion dollars probably if they want to, right? right? He, like, they're like, here, take an oil refinery. What, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, if 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 it's about money, not that Messi needs any more of it, but if it's about money, he's just going to go to the Middle East. Also, I if, if I'm being real, like, they can – his life there can be very easy. You know what I mean? Like, they, they can be like, we'll protect you and we'll keep – you know, it's like we can take care of your family, all sorts of stuff. Like, yeah. Um, less so, I feel like in the United States. I mean, if he comes to America, it does have to be the you know Clive Toy, the the old commissioner and GM of the Cosmos, commissioner of the NASL, the guy who brought Pelé to America. I mean, that was his pitch to Pelé was, look, you won, you know, you won like everything there is in South America. You've won the World Cup multiple times. You come to the U.S. So if you go to Real Madrid, which is where he was thinking of going, you can win the European Cup. If you come to the NASL, you can win an entire country, right? And so like. That he very much has to want to do that, and I just don't know how much he cares. Which, which, by the way, is fine. It's like right. he's an athlete; he's a not some peace emissary or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll watch wherever he goes. I mean, the other thing too is like he's going to get. I mean, look at Ronaldo. Man. I mean, he went Cristiano. He he went to the Middle East, and I mean, 
I'm sorry, we all watch soccer all the time, and, like, I occasionally I'll see a highlight of him. He's invisible. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, from a from a foot, like from a soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, perspective, he's invisible. I mean, if, if Messi comes to MLS, it's going to be like a media, you know, juggernaut, you know? Right, so, right. And it'll it'll just lead to uh, you know because going to Saudi Arabia it'll like you said you they they're generally forgotten you know they're not they don't do the same numbers uh, in you know ESPN FC tries to bring up Ronaldo and people are like why are you still talking about this we don't yeah, really nobody cares. <laughs> no one the whole segment cares of consumer that's happy he's over there we don't have to see him anymore <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah there are very few people that are like he joined my favorite club thank you yeah so much exactly for doing my that. favorite club. <laughs> Who's he play for over there? Dude, who does he play for over there? I honestly don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. Nasser. Al Nasser. That's who. Oh, okay. Know. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, uh, but the, yeah, the, I I think the Messi uh, joining Major League Soccer, especially you know, it's 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 not it's not obviously. I mean, Beckham joining Major League Soccer was a big deal. This is a bigger deal. This is a bigger this deal. Is a, just, this is the, the equivalent of Pele coming to uh, NASL. Like, yeah, this is. You look at where the league was back then, too, and it was very much like Beckham coming here to this sort of fringe thing. And, like, MLS, I mean, say whatever you want about it. I rag on it all the time. But, I mean, like, it isn't a very different place now than it was in 2007. It does have some international respect and cachet. Like, you know, this it is a thing where it's like he's being plugged into, like, a league that's pretty competitive and physical and you know, the quality isn't great, but I mean, it's not an easy place to play. I, I right. just talked to Felipe, I just talked to Cesc Fabregas for 30 minutes, little flex right there uh, this past oh. weekend. Felipe, I just talked to Cesc Fabregas at the 77 <laughs> tournament at North Carolina, which is a real sentence. Anyways, I, I asked him, I said, you know, we're like 25 minutes in an interview, I was kind of running out of questions. I was like, hey, and I, I'm just curious if you ever considered coming to MLS, you're playing in Como and Serie Bay. And he said, he said, honestly, no. You know, he said, I know the league. I, I watch it a lot, but it's a very physical league. And it's it wasn't – I wasn't looking for that kind of league at this stage in my career. Literally him saying, like, I wouldn't hack it here. Like, I would I, – you know, physically it would be difficult. So, you know, not that it's going to be a problem for Messi, but – Right, yeah. right. I just I just can't – if he does that, – I, I want him to go to, uh, uh, to, to Miami just mm -hmm. for – the barrage of angry tweets of people that are going to be forced to watch Major League Soccer after constantly, yeah. uh, you know, badmouthing it and wasting all this energy with all this negativity. Uh, it, yeah, it I can't wait to see their, their commentary on Pessy's performance in, <laughs> in Game Three of the best of eight, you know, playoff series that Inter Miami got into by being the 11 seed in the East or That's whatever. The, you know. That's what I need in my life. You know, just, if they get bumped out in the wild card, you know, it's yeah, just going to exactly. be mm, Messi. Right. Messi's finished. And exactly. Like Messi plays a threads a perfect ball through to, I don't know, a recently unretired Breck Shea who they hired <laughs> as a forward. And, you know, uh, Breck Shea, uh, also a TST participant. Um, yeah. And uh, spent was, quite a, a, a bit of time talking to Breck Shea and Jeff Cameron, actually. They had a. Still can't Amazing. figure out what their business is that they're starting. Oh sure, yeah, no yeah. Idea. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're, they're. I'm sure they're getting into you know lobbying for some sort of Republican. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pack super pack. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, uh, you know. We're, I don't know what Brex politics are. I just know he's from Florida and owns an assault rifle. <laughs> 
Okay. I mean, all, I've I've seen photos of him holding a machine gun. That's okay. all I know. Yeah. I don't know where he lies uh, on what we should do with these books that show two penguins kissing. You yeah, know? I holding, don't know. <laughs> holding a machine gun. I love the. This is gonna leave, every time I say something like that on Twitter. There's always one person who's like. Machine gun isn't even the word for that. It's like not even an, that's not even an assault rifle. And I'm just like, bro, I need to get you on a watch list. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is what you chose to tweet at me is the the semantics of the gun that this person is holding. You know, Jesus, dude. Well, good. Uh, you know, obviously you were you were in uh, North Carolina. And it was a very hot uh, 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 time uh, there. Uh, you know, we were talking about it before. So I know that you could have used a nice cold Coors Light to chill that weekend hey, all right you, because I mean, that's what that's what we do on this show bro all right when the mountains are blue right on the can that tells you all you need to know you know that it is absolutely ready it is time to kick back watch some tst and uh, and chill and watch you know mls legends like nick Ramondo in gold you know what i'm saying pablo yeah exactly uh i don't know if you saw uh um luis robles his like eye situation could have used a nice cool Coors Light. The medical tent at the the facility (laughs) kind of suspect in quality. If they had a cooler Coors Light, maybe take some of that swelling down, take the edge off. You know what I mean? Right. right. The physio pulls the can out. It's cold. (laughs) Okay. That man went to, to medical school for 15 years to learn that technique. Okay. Yeah. I just took half so, the I just took half the money from this ad read, by the way. <laughs> Thank like, you so, so much for participating. So uh-huh, when you yeah. choose to chill, when you choose to chill, pay your plans with an ice cold Coors Light. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash Cooligans. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's go. There it is. If you want to chill like Lionel Messi in Inter Miami's midfield in 2029, here's the other thing about Messi is that this is the thing, and I told Felipe this. Like, he doesn't have to pick. He can literally go there for two years, and you think Miami's not going to take him at 39 for a year? He'd still get the ownership stake. It's like. Come on, yeah. dude. You know this yeah. guy could is going to be desirable until he dies, probably. To team. You know, like very much so. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, l- let's move on to uh, CCL. Uh, the the CCL final uh, happened. Uh, Leon uh, are champions of Concacaf. They uh, vamos fuera MLS. Otra vez. But no, they won three one on aggregate. It was um, look. I I think a lot of people thought Leon were were the underdog. Yeah. Um, and they Timothy Tillman definitely did. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did not. Um, you know, they did not look like that at, at all. I mean, in the in the first leg, you figure at home they uh, you know, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. And, and like every uh, MLS team kind of sh- uh, struggles when they're on the road in Mexico. Uh, but no, even away, they which and, and then you could also kind of argue if it still felt like a bit of a home game for Leon uh, as well for at, sure. at, 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 uh, at BMO Stadium. But the, the uh, LAFC really couldn't uh, not that they couldn't figure it out per se, but they they just it wasn't enough. I mean, these these matches uh, usually uh, against the Liga MX side 
I don't know what it is. There was a there was wasn't there was a comment from Timothy Tillman who uh, before the game where he was just like oh Liga MX th- th- there's no real tactics or yeah. whatever it's all like yeah. vibes out there and oh, they, vibes. they they vibes hit only. him with vibes and tactics oh, yeah you know? there was a vibes for sure <laughs> um, yeah I mean it's a classic LAFC just not finishing their chances man I mean they controlled long stretches of that game it doesn't matter I mean all these. All these TCL home and home and away ties that all kind of play it the same way in the second game. It's it's like hesitant for the it's like sort of like uh, hesitant for the first twenty minutes. Minutes twenty through seventy are just insane, up and down, up and down, and then the game just gets completely destroyed in the last twenty minutes, right? And exactly, it's exactly what they ha- what happened, you know. And also, I mean, look, I don't. I don't love singling players out, but I mean the the goal John McCarthy let in was a total howler. I mean that that's a game changer, obviously. You know, yeah. stretches the field, and you know to give up a goal that early, and I, I just I don't know. I mean, again, to me, it's it's one of those things where MLS has won CCL once in, in the modern era. We'll say I mean they've won other iterations of it in the '90s, um, but I bristled when. Seattle wins it and it it becomes like a you know a, a thing where it's like we finally broke through and MLS is better it's like no it's like 1 and 20 now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that you have to like even that playing field before you know you're conclusively sort of the favorite in that tournament but you got to run off two or three in a row, you know. Right, right. And LFC dude, they didn't come up against anybody from League MX on their way to the game and honestly yeah. it's, this is their first taste of it and and, and by and the way, way the uh, Twitter's full of people who are like, yeah, you know, like the, the you know, MLS will never be competitive until they loosen roster restrictions and you know. And there's differences obviously, you know, LFC can spend money wherever they want on their roster. Not LFC, sorry. Um, Liga MX team. LFC yeah. obviously is just going to have the salary cap BS plus their DPS. They still spend way more money than Leon. I mean, like, I don't want to hear a team that's had Vela, Chiellini, all these players, you know, in the past year or two, whine about spending. You know, so you got outplayed, man. Just get over it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it, it felt, it, you know, I guess leading up to the game, it felt like this LAFC team was better than the Sounders team that won. Um, last year, and uh, it, it just, there's just, I mean, look, the, the general feeling I have whenever I'm watching an MLS team against a Liga MX team, it's just like, you see the, the difference in quality within the first 15 seconds, where sure. it, every player on a Liga MX team is so technically sound, and so generally pretty confident, especially the, the teams that, that are in Champions League. I mean, not every Liga MX team is great uh, uh, necessarily, but that's just one of the, the top teams in MLS versus the top teams in in Liga MX. The, the 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 rosters are constructed obviously differently because there's no salary cap in Liga MX. But the the thing you see so immediate immediately is just the confidence in 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 yeah. their own uh, ability. So it was disappointing. I, I uh, obviously you 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 know a, a lot of time there are some people that are like when when an MLS team is in the final, it's uh you know you, you were you know Rob Lowe wearing the hat and we all we're just rooting for <laughs> we're just rooting for the league. Um they obviously LA Galaxy uh fans were very happy that that uh didn't <laughs> didn't work yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to uh, just uh, I'm thinking about this because I haven't got a chance to talk to you about it. But all the 
all the drama with that you've been seeing, obviously Chris Klein got fired, but all the drama that you've been seeing with fans uh, are like kind of voicing their opinions with the players. We, we saw it with LA Galaxy. We saw it with NYCFC. I spoke to uh, Alexis uh, about it last week, but I just want to get your take on the fact that you've been covering MLS a long time. And now we're getting to the point where we're like the Milan ultras, right? The AC Milan yeah. ultras where they are, you know, having conversation with the player, letting them know, hey, you know what? I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You know, they're doing right. the whole thing. Right. Right. <laughs> but what do you think of MLS fans getting to this point? I don't think it does anybody any good. I think, I think, um, I think MLS clubs are in a tricky situation because let's take the Chris Klein thing, for example. Um, in retrospect, I mean, the fans can boycott, right? But like the the Galaxy was never going to fire him, uh, you know. Like, in fact, if the Galaxy were even a mediocre team right now, he'd still have his job. They they were never going to fire him because fans told them to do that. It just right. sets a stupid precedent. I also think the like you know Herc sort of went off on this the other night, like. The whole like standing there and like listening to like an open dialogue from your supporters is like an interesting move, but I doubt any of them had anything constructive to say. I mean, do you just stand there and listen to people be like, "You suck, get better," <laughs> you know, like you're, you know? I also think it's like maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little too player friendly here, but like you work around those guys for long enough, and you realize that like. In a season like this, like I covered DC United in 2013, right? And it was like the worst, literally the worst season in MLS history uh, a team ever had. Uh, although Cincinnati might want a word with that as far as, you know, <laughs> but like, as far as like any one of their first three seasons. But, right. um, you know, like those dudes were miserable every day. Like they didn't need like uh, some shirtless mm-hmm. dude on a capos, capo stand, whatever, to <laughs> yell at him. Like, I'm really disappointed in you, you know, like... Like, you know, I, I don't know. It just felt it's like try. Yeah, I want you to try harder. They're like, have you, when have you seen your kids? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, if I'm being real, man, I don't want MLS to become that league. I don't want MLS to become that league that has a sort of like toxic fan culture where players are expected to do X, Y, and Z thing. To me, it's just like, that's one of the things I like about it, you know. I mean, I'm a I'm a big TST guy now, anyway, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and I do like, think this will be the league will change fundamentally when TST buys out MLS in three or four years. <laughs> so you know, like I don't think it's going to matter very much. But you know, okay. yeah, we shouldn't be too hard pressed about it now because obviously the the, the wave of TST is coming. So there's nothing we can yeah. do about that. <laughs> this is the this is now my second favorite ball that I have in here. I think. What's the other one? Yeah, you always, this is, uh, Pablo yeah, this always is has a, a match ball from uh, 1977 NASL, and so Incredible. the problem, the bladder, you can almost hear it. The the bladder <laughs> de- detached from the inside of it, so I can't inflate it. Um, but you know the the guy on on uh, TikTok who does all those custom balls. I think it's yeah, like yeah, John yeah. Paul's balls, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's apparently going to open this thing up and put a new bladder in it. So, oh, amazing. That's so cool. That. Stay tuned for that collab yeah. <laughs> content opportunity. Can't wait to, to yeah. see that. Pablo going the, the influencer route is going to be great. Uh, <laughs> Christian, can I ask you something, man? Go has, for it, man. Has Alexis changed since he got since he started hanging out with Thierry Henry or whatever? <laughs> yeah, Alexis has he has changed a little bit, but okay. mostly because he is uh, he has a 5 a.m. call time every day. His, his 
his life is has changed dramatically in a yeah. way that I don't think he exactly wants. <laughs> it's a little yeah, challenging. Right. Uh, you know, I think the 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 fatigue that hits around 2, 3 p.m. when you're like, yeah. oh, man, there's still a lot of day left and I got to go to bed for work the next day. <laughs> Way too old for that, man. Yeah. So that's, that, that's the main challenge. But, yeah, he is, uh, you know, he's homies with, with, with Thierry Henry. Uh, him and uh, I think the the fun part, I, my favorite thing about morning footy has generally been the because I've I've dealt with Alexis for nearly a decade, right? Yeah. I know what he's like. Dealt I know what with. to expect. Yeah, not known. <laughs> you dealt with. <laughs> yeah, all right. The, the shock on uh, on and the rest of the panel's faces with some of the things Alexis says, whether it's a a terrible soccer opinion or. Uh, or just a joke that is like proper for this show, but not yeah. proper for that show. And there's a, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of you know Charlie Davies being uh, uh, absolutely shocked and startled uh, uh, with with everything. Yeah, it's just Alexis is uh, you know he's an acquired taste. He's yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Still still working on that. You know. <laughs> Pablo, thank you so much. This has been great. I just wanted to do uh, a couple uh, quick things. The the you, you mentioned uh, uh, FC Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Um, they are leading the Supporter Shield, but we are. I mean, they were a punchline for every single year. They were uh, basically in MLS, especially those those first three years. But uh, what have you made of this turnaround? Why are I mean, I just obviously saw them against. Uh, they play, they played NYCFC against. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in Open Cup, they played them in, in MLS. They're just uh, an incredibly strong uh, team. How did they turn this around so quickly? Funny you should ask. I wrote an entire feature on this a couple of weeks ago on The Athletic, <laughs> Let's go. Uh, which I encourage people to go read. But the short the short version, which Christian is now forcing me to pull in front of the paywall for no reason, <laughs> is that, um, I mean, it, it comes down to Chris Albright and Pat Noonan, I think, because I think people look at the team – for example, that since he had in 2021 and 2022 last year when they did make the playoffs for the first time, there's still a lot of pieces there from those two teams. The 2021 team was was arguably the worst in league history. 2022, obviously, they improved, but they didn't light anything on fire. You know, um, the uh, this this team. I mean, you have Chris Albright, obviously, bring in from Philadelphia. He was instrumental of that team's identity building and success roster building and Pat Noonan, who was Jim Curtin's assistant in Philadelphia, who worked with Albright prior has, you know, for a long time, it's like you, you'll hear as a reporter, uh, you know, you'll talk to an MLS head coach or a player or something like that. They'll just randomly bring up, you know, Pat Noonan was randomly brought up. It was, you know, it was like, look, man, this guy's an assistant, but he knows his shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was kind of only a matter of time before he got a head coaching job and he's done really well. You know, he's, he's like a no nonsense dude. Super honest with players. The players like him a lot. His, I think the the unheralded, probably part of their success, the part nobody talks about, is, is their staff of assistants. They have uh, Dom Kinnear, who's won two MLS Cups, and who at the Galaxy was like the Zlatan whisperer. You know, I'd like I did a Zlatan story years ago, um, where somebody told me that he was like the only person at the Galaxy that that Zlatan respected. You know, he was wow. like the Zlatan whisperer, and he works with their strikers now. They have. You mean he didn't respect uh, Perry Kitchen, a- 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 Kevin? Kevin, <laughs> aka Kevin. God damn, man! Just, just that remains man. like the an all-time MLS banger, <laughs> the Kitchen thing. 
<laughs> yeah, people are I remember part of that, like reporting that story. We talked to like me and Matt Pence talked to like twenty people, and no less than a dozen of them were like, "Have you heard about the Kevin thing?" You know? <laughs> um, just... Yeah, so you know, I think I think that the coaching, I think the you know they they also like Noonan, I think has an understanding of how to deal with and say a player like. Lucio Costa, who's who's a brilliant player, but who I'm going to say he's a little misunderstood. You know, Ben Olsen in DC had a tough time dealing with him. Pat, I think, gives him a pretty long leash, right? They dealt the club dealt with the Brenner stuff as best as possible. There's a lot of nonsense that went on there that people didn't see, you know, um, and they seem to have at least minimize their financial loss there and then kind of move on from it. So. Uh, it's pretty comprehensive, man. I mean, I know Felipe and I both were pretty have been pretty impressed by their setup right now. So I think, I think they have a real chance to. I mean, I think if I had to, you nailed me down, and I think they're going to win the Sports Shield, obviously. But I think I also think they have a real chance to to do the double for sure. Yeah, they look uh, incredibly sharp. Uh, yeah, it's like it's there's we're getting to a point where. The MLS is obviously there's so many teams, right? I, I was just talking to uh, uh, some uh, people say too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's it's hard to just sort of just manage in your mind to keep track of obviously uh, uh, so many games. But the 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 cool thing about this league is that you can you can within a few years you can have an FC Cincinnati be a wooden spoon winner and then uh, in, in supporter shield in almost no time. So yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's becoming one of the places I, I haven't gone to uh, TQL stadium yet to, to see a game and it's making me uh, want to go and check out a game day even more. I mean, I, um, I think uh, Pat Noonan told me kind of, you know, the end of our conversation off the record was like, man, you got to get down here for a game. There's something in the water. And I was like, oh, it's Cincinnati. There's a lot of yeah, stuff yeah. down there. That's, <laughs> okay, that's yeah. arsenic, Some train dude. derailed. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff in the water there, buddy. It's Ohio. <laughs> Uh, real quick, this is my last thing. I just want to be. That was a cheap we, shot. Shout out to Ohio. You guys are great. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. No, hopefully they take care of those uh, situations. Okay. Yeah. Um, the last thing, uh, Zlatan announced his retirement uh, uh, from uh, from professional football, and obviously we um, remember his, obviously his time in Major League Soccer, which was pretty uh, remarkable. Obviously, not too long ago. Um, any any favorite outside of the Kevin stuff? Is anything uh, comes to mind that you appreciated uh, of, of Zlatan's time here? I mean, I always found his his shtick a little grating, but I thought. Um, I mean, I could tell you this much. I mean, two things probably. First of all, just the, that first goal he scored was the only time, literally in the past ten years, that I was I was just watching that game with a friend on their couch, and I screamed. I mean, I literally like I, I remember getting off his couch, yelling and jumping over his couch, like just <laughs> in absolute like it, yeah. it was just it just the most like MLS will never top that moment. As far as just uh, somebody delivering and in a huge, I mean, it just had all the, you know, it's like ticked all the boxes, you know. Yeah. And I think I wrote the story. It was like uh, Dom Kinnear, um, Zlatan, before he stepped into that game, had come up to Kinnear and said, the keeper's playing way off his line. I mean, he was like, he knew exactly what he was doing on his first touch, you know. I mean, the other thing, I you know, like, he just was like, uh, the guy just had such a presence, man. I mean, I, I only interviewed him once, and it was in D.C., and it was like, um, every every answer he gave me to every question was just like made me shiver and fear or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how else to put that. I mean, I said like 
It was all very turned around on me. They, they, they played on a terrible field because I think the XFL team had just finished their season. It was horrible, and I was like, you know, what do you think of what do you think of the quality of the pitches here in the states? I mean, this is pretty bad. He's, he's, you know, he'd say something like, "You have eyes. Why are you asking me this?" <laughs> like, all right, dude, just help me out, okay? I just I just got this job at the Athletic. Just give me something here, you know? Can like, I quote you there? Is that the yeah, quote you want me to You know, this, but I'm pretty much still a mechanic, you know. So just. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, um, he's fantastic for the league, obviously, and his level is just—it it was insane. You know? Yeah, yeah, but, he just had so many. Uh, yeah, my, my, obviously, my m- favorite moments were uh, when we went when they lost in the in the playoff uh, in El Tráfico. Uh, Alexis and I were there, and we were f- filming them going back into the locker room. Uh, so and, were you the guy he grabbed his junk at? Yeah, he grabbed his nuts, and that was our. Yeah. <laughs> literally, we we got the video, and and four three three was like, "Hey, can we share that?" And we're like, oh, "Yeah, four three three, happy to give that." To right, you. right, right. Tag yeah. us, bro. Um, that, and then the one where um the Montreal player, I think his name was Michael Petrasa, if I'm not mistaken. He he stepped on his foot and he smacked him. Uh, Incredible! Uh, he Incredible. Smacked him in the head, got a red card for yeah, him. Yeah, just like, toppled over or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love Absolutely it. legendary. Legendary player. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad uh you know we got to kind of experience that in, in person as well. He's, a, he's an um, unbelievable player. So uh Pablo Maurer, thank you so much for joining me, man. This is uh really, really dope. Thank you for covering for Alexis Guerreros, who's uh on his way to Istanbul, uh doing whatever he has to do out there. Um but the uh any uh make sure everybody go follow Pablo and uh any, please plug uh anything you want to plug, uh Pablo. This is uh, your chance. Uh, I mean, I just, I just want to make sure we get you at the TST 2.0 next. We're already thinking about this. I've already got the beat on lock, and you guys can do some video content. We go from there. Maybe we just enter a team. Yeah, that's an option. We got cool. We got, the, team. We got a team you, of all Felipe, comedians. Alexis, I mean, who else can we loop in on this? You know, we need three <laughs> more players other than me, you, Alexis, and Felipe. You know. Well, yeah, I, I played with Felipe. Felipe was very good. He, didn't he He's play excellent. college or something? Yeah. He will I, never let you forget how good he is. Yeah. He, I, uh, uh, this was, I hear Alexis is is boys with his former Arsenal legend. I don't know if you can hook it up. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Will he lace him up again? We don't know. We got to ask yeah. him. I, this is the one thing I learned from uh, from Felipe from playing in a media game. Uh, it wasn't really a media game, but it was like uh, uh, I forgot who put the game together. But this was in Orlando during uh, Orlando MLS mm-hmm. All Star. Yeah. Felipe does this great thing where he 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 can perfectly shield the ball with his body, and he's not like a big dude at all. But he he just knows exactly where to place his body so that you have no access to the ball. So if he's dribbling forward, if dribbling towards you, if you're on his side, he will make sure he will position. A limb, or something, anywhere around you, so that you can't get it. And I'm like, he will do, bro. he will, he will do all of that just to make sure he doesn't have to pass to his teammate. You know? <laughs> Protect the ball at all costs, so that then you can dribble it over the end line or just shoot it four feet over the goal. A, yeah, the the team has a 12 percent possession, but for yeah, exactly. like 98. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Uh, Pablo Maurer, everybody, go follow uh, on Twitter. Obviously, uh, at MLSist, uh, a legend in obviously in covering American soccer. Uh, uh, you know, uh, get a subscription to the Athletic. You, to read his articles he does some amazing work if you want to you want a deep dive on the water fountain that uh, landon donovan was drinking out of in north carolina uh, pablo is your guy i'm serious he just uh, just does incredible work thank you so much for joining me uh, i appreciate you very very much man and uh to everybody else thank you so much for hanging out we'll be back on 
Thursday, we got another guest host lined up, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, Champions League uh, uh, final uh, that's happening, obviously, this weekend. So, everybody, thanks so much. Peace. Easy cooligans, buddy.